I'm Guillermina Gonzalez, Executive Director of the Delaware Arts Alliance, your host for today. And with me, we have Barbara Govatos, Music Director for the Delaware Chamber Music Festival and a very well-known violinist. And, uh, well, we have a lot to talk. Uh, Barbara, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, I'm sure we're going to enjoy the program and the conversation by a phone because you're a very busy person. We all know that. So, But we're grateful <laughs> for your time. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I think this is my first time speaking with you. So I'm glad to be your guest today. Hey, there you go. And, and we're grateful for the many things that you do for the arts. And, uh, well, let's just get started. You're celebrating 30 years of outstanding work. Can you please tell us about the Delaware Chamber, Chamber Music Festival history, Barbara? I would love to. Uh, actually, I myself have been the music director for the past 25 years. So almost the there, right? But I, of course you began when you were like two years old. That We all know of that. Of course, of course. <laughs> child prodigy. Of, no. That's right. No, actually, I was not a child prodigy. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, okay. But, um, there was a gentleman by the name of Paul Marr who actually started the festival, mm-hmm. and he had aspirations to become a conductor uh, in addition to being a cellist and chamber musician. But uh, he took a job up in Nova Scotia, and they were looking for um, a music director for the festival. Mm-hmm. And I got a very nice letter from the, the head of the board at the time, Geraldine Barbaris, who was mm-hmm. the first uh, president of the board of the Delaware Chamber Music Festival, mm-hmm. which at that time was called the Wilmington Chamber Music Festival. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, it's been through a few iterations. And um, she asked if I could recommend somebody to become music director. And, uh-huh. you know, having been born in Wilmington and um, having my own chamber music series in Philadelphia mm-hmm. once I joined the orchestra, um, I thought, well, um, I don't know who I could suggest, but I was thinking it would be a natural since. You know, I'm well Let me suggest myself. I did. <laughs> I'm you. not usually like that. But then she, she wrote back to me and she says, oh, she says, I'm so glad. She says, I wanted to ask you, but I figured you'd say no. <laughs> so <laughs> well, was, you uh, never know. Circumstance. Yeah, of course. You never know. So um, I've been happily at this for 25 years in addition to giving um, concerts in June during the mm-hmm. series. Um, which I think they had chosen June because they felt that there wasn't much going on during mm-hmm. that time. It's sort of a lull between um, the end of the regular concert season for most towns and um, and the beginning of the next season. So um, so June it was, and it's very affordable. Mm-hmm. And we have had artists from all over play with us. Mm-hmm. We do have... Um, a core group of Philadelphia Orchestra musicians who play mm-hmm. for the festival and look forward to coming to Delaware and playing for our audiences every summer. Mm-hmm. So that's really fun. And um, we also invite, um, let's say, less seasoned artists to come and work with us. These are people who are on the cusps of their major careers, mm-hmm. um, who have been chosen by me, generally, um, <laughs> to to come and play with us. And it, it's sort of like a little bit of a Marlboro uh, chamber music festival model mm-hmm. so that you have, you know, the, the more seasoned uh, artists giving and exchanging ideas with younger artists. And we find that that keeps it exciting for both both levels of musicians. Indeed. And, uh, of course, the audiences love to see that interaction as well. And uh, um, you have, do, um, yeah, please go ahead. I'm interrupting. I, I was just going to talk about the music a little bit. Yes, please. Um, we offer a lot of variety to our audiences and have done so since the time that I, I 
came to to the festival so that we have of course your traditional classical music uh, chamber music let's say like schubert's trout quintet which mm-hmm. actually will play this summer again and uh, mozart's eine kleine nachtmusik things that people know the titles of even if they're not you know big uh, chamber music aficionados mm-hmm. and then um Sometimes we'll do blues or bluegrass, tango. Uh, this year we're doing jazz. We're, mm. we're featuring um, two pianists on um, a wonderful piece by Dave Brubeck. Uh, he was commissioned to write a ballet for American Ballet Theater in New York mm-hmm. many years ago. And um, this is a wonderful work. It's classically inspired because it turns out that he actually was trained by Darius Mio, who had uh, emigrated from Europe during World War II and ended up teaching in California. Mm -hmm. And that's where Brubeck came to know him and study with him at college. Mm -hmm. And so, unknown to me before I decided to program this piece, um, it turns out that Brubeck had a really, really fantastic and rigorous training in classical music. and, And he was a fabulous pianist. So um, I'm very, very excited that we're going to be able to hear that. And um, we also do music of women composers um, through the ages, including women who are, who are working amongst us this very day. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're featuring a piece by Heidi Jacob this year for violin and piano mm-hmm. uh, that I'll be playing with uh, Heidi's husband, who is Charles Abramovic, a wonderful pianist. And um, that's that was inspired by an Ingmar Bergman film called Winter Light. Mm-hmm. So um, there's all kinds of associations. We're doing a piece by Baccarini, so we do a little bit of um, we do classical and we do Baroque. So it's really all over the all over the map. Well, which uh, makes uh, the experience even more interesting, Barbara. I, I, I think so. Indeed, yes. it I'm, sounds like fascinating. What I found is that um, the audience really trusts me not to give them something that they're not going to like very much. You know, if it's not maybe their number one piece, at least they will have found it interesting to listen to at least once. <laughs> well, there so you go. I, I so feel, it, it you know, implies that, that you're probably doing your job as a music director. now. I try to. I try to. And it's usually music that I enjoy very much. And I think that when the musicians like what the, when they're doing something, uh-huh. the audience can do nothing but respond positively. There you go. So Mm -hmm. from your experience, and especially after 25 years doing these, uh, Mm -hmm. for the time being, uh, um, what do you need to do and and what pieces do you need to put together, Barbara, to really uh, be a a real good music director? It sounds easy but uh, complicated at the same time. So what's your experience and, and what is the thing that you need to do to excel on that front? I think the thing you need to do is choose artists and pieces that go well together. So the artists together need to work really well. well. And I, what I found is that the people that I work with, and they themselves say this too, is that you know, it's such a friendly atmosphere. It's like the best circumstances for making the most intimate and challenging music come to life. Mm-hmm. And so that's number one. And... Um, Sometimes uh, I'll get an idea for what to play, either because I heard it somewhere, either on the radio or from YouTube, uh, or somebody suggested or told me they heard it at a concert and said, oh my gosh, you would love this piece, Barbara. So I always try to keep my, my mind fresh about things 
that could open my world musically mm-hmm. and then try to bring it, you know, if I agree and can can get behind a piece or a group of pieces. Let me give you, for instance, um, I mentioned before Mozart's Eine Kleine Nachtmusik, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that's a piece that's been with us, whether people know the name of it or not. Everybody, if they hear bum, 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 mm-hmm. obviously they're going to recognize it, correct? Yes. So, um, so something popular like that gave me the idea to do a whole program entitled A Little Night Music. And the idea is that I wanted to explore with the audience how a composer thinks of music having to do with night sounds, or mm-hmm. things that happen in a town at night. So um, we have the Chopin Nocturnes, which are very beautiful and romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, Schubert wrote a very lovely piano trio called Noturno, just a one-movement work. Again, very romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, and George Crumb, who's celebrating his 85th birthday now, wonderful, fine American composer, um, not to be confused with any other composer. He's got such a, a unique sound world that he creates. He wrote four nocturnes for violin and piano mm-hmm. that really express all the possibilities of both instruments uh, using every technique you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that creates this incredible soundscape. And then we'll start the program with a piece by Luigi Boccherini who actually lived in Spain, even though he was Italian. He was a court musician to the king in Spain. And he wrote this wonderful piece that was featured in the movie Master and Commander with Russell Crowe. I don't know if you've seen it. But um, it's I called... I think I began, but I fell asleep. To be okay. <laughs> it's called um, Night Music uh, from the Streets of Madrid. Mm-hmm. And so you hear the bells in the... In the um, you call it the playa? the piazza, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, the night watch uh, arriving and retreating. And it's it's such an evocative piece of uh, a piece of life in the night in Madrid. So so that kind of an idea will gel and bring all kinds of pieces together on a program, Mm -hmm. which then make it very interesting for the musicians and the audience. Indeed, and and well, you think about uh, sharing uh, what's this season bringing to you on the Delaware Chamber Music Festival. Let me re-engage with the audience to let them know that you're listening into the Delaware State of the Arts New Stock 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. We have with us today Barbara Govatos, Music Director for the Delaware Chamber Music Festival and a very well-known violinist. So um, what's in the pipeline for the season, Barbara? Well, I should probably tell you that we have concerts scheduled for Friday nights, uh, June 12th mm-hmm. and June 19th, both at 7.30, and the concerts are at the uh, Music School of Delaware on Washington Street mm-hmm. in Wilmington. Okay. And that auditorium has wonderful acoustics, and it seats Indeed. only about 300 people. So, it's, again, it's very intimate, and it's a lovely place to listen to music. And um, then we have Sunday afternoon concerts on Sunday, June 14th mm-hmm. and uh, June 21st at 3 o'clock, still at the music school. And um, if people would like to find out about all the artists who are participating and to have a whole list of the concerts and buying tickets and anything you want to know about the festival, there's a very easy website to go to. If you just remember, it's Delaware Chamber Music Festival, then mm-hmm. you know that these initials are dcmf.org. Or you can call the phone number, 
442 0572. So I spoke already about this little night music program. Mm -hmm. Um, The last concert of the festival will will feature the festival string quartet, and we're doing two um, wonderful string quartets by um, one by Janacek and another by Bedrick Smetana. These two had very, very um, interesting later lives, shall we say, uh, having to do with love lives especially. (laughs) And we plan to read letters uh, from each composer to um, the object of their love, yes. Well, there you go. uh, Which directly impacted, you know, um, their works. Mm -hmm. So um, in Janacek's case, it's his Kreutzer Sonata. It's, It's called the Kreutzer Sonata after Tolstoy's Tolstoy's novel uh, of the same title. And in the case of Smetana, it's his quartet, which is entitled From My Life. So, um, you know, everybody knows that Beethoven was deaf, at, mm-hmm. you know, towards the end of his life, but not too many people know that Smetana also lost his hearing. And in this string quartet, it's very interesting, at, towards the end we hear this very high-pitched E, the, the, the sound of E, mm-hmm. and that was the sound that he heard in his ears when he lost his hearing. So it's mm-hmm. very autobiographical, these works, and I think it's will be very interesting. And interesting to, to know, because to I'm sure to. it has escaped the minds of many, but I'm glad that you are sharing that with us. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to talk, if you will, uh, about your very impressive career as a violinist, uh, um, and uh, so... Could you please share uh, some of your, where did you study, um, the things to, that you actually. have uh, done, so people get a flavor of, of not only the music director, but also the artist. Okay. Well, thank you for asking. Well, I mentioned before that I'm a Wilmingtonian, and I was lucky enough to be able to study at the very fine community music school, the Music School of Delaware, which is actually like my second home <laughs> when mm-hmm. I was growing up, and, uh, and where we do the concerts. So I had a wonderful teacher who had studied at the Curtis Institute of Music. Her name was Sabina Gervan, and I studied with her for 10 years. And together with the music director of the school, um, they made it possible for me to audition to take lessons in Philadelphia with the first violinist of the Curtis String Quartet, Yasha Brodsky. So um, I graduated one year ahead of time from Mount Pleasant High School. Mm -hmm. Yay, go Green Knights! (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) And I studied for a couple of years with Yasha there in Philadelphia privately through his uh, music school, which was called the New School of Music, mm-hmm. which then later was incorporated into Temple University's uh, mm. Boyer School of the Arts. Uh, and after that, I went to Juilliard to study, and I got my bachelor's and master's degree under the tutelage of Ivan Galamian, who taught many, many of the great soloists, including Perlman and Zuckerman. There you go. Yeah, so I was very lucky in my education, and along the way, won some competitions and uh, played a lot of chamber music, went to Marlboro, went to the Cleveland Chamber Music Festival, and um, really came to love all different types of music that I could play with my instruments. Mm-hmm. And, and it's always been violin. Uh, have you, have you uh, played with some other instruments, or it's always been that instrument? It's always been the violin, mostly. Um, you know, I think almost all of us have to learn some secondary piano. Mm-hmm. And I had taken a few lessons here and there before I went to Juilliard. And I think we only had to do two years of piano. But it was enough to 
help me read scores um, and so that I can look at a piece and decide whether it's something that I would like to play. Mm-hmm. And uh, my husband was an opera singer, so I could sit down and play, at least in our house, never in public. I would play his accompaniment, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so for, to help him learn pieces, which is lots of fun. Mm-hmm. And um, then I got a call from um, the conductor of the Chamber Orchestra of Philadelphia, and he asked me to come join his orchestra. And uh, there's a, a funny story that it ensues, but I won't go into it because it'll take up the whole interview. <laughs> well, um, maybe it's, it's reason enough for another interview. Interesting maybe. aspects of, of Barbara Govato. Right. Uh, anyway, so go, coming back to the Delaware Chamber Music Festival and the many things mm-hmm. that you have in the pipeline, um, tell us about, uh, as a music director, let me go back to that, to that piece. Um, let's assume that you uh, bring uh, uh, something that you want the, the team to play. Uh, what happens when you don't see that uh, connection? And I imagine that you encounter these kind of things. Some musicians mm-hmm. might not feel in tune, say, with the same piece that you feel so strongly about. How do you bring That's that uh, musician to, to love what you uh, would like to see? Mm-hmm. I think we've only had one case where we all sat down to read the piece for the first time, mm-hmm. and we all sort of looked at each other and knew that this was not a piece worth our effort okay. or that the, the audience would enjoy. Mm. And so we changed it right on the spot. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of, of being the music director, too, right. is, you know, gauging people's enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and also because we've played so many concerts together now and we know each other so well, I think almost our taste becomes a little similar too. Well, so, mm-hmm. um, and luckily we can turn on a dime and change the program and make it great. There and I go. think the audiences, they're willing to accept our opinion. You know, if I come and we say, well, we played through that piece and we're very open with the audience. We have spoken program notes from the stage. Mm-hmm. So we don't have anything printed in the program about the, the artists. Well, about the artists we do, but not about the composers or the piece, pieces that we're going to play. Oh, okay. And we feel that this creates much more of a, you know, breaking down that barrier between audiences and, and performers. It's a very friendly atmosphere. And I think that's why we've been around so long. Um, yeah, you know, quite, often, of quite often I get, you know, rousing uh, uh, laughter <laughs> from mm-hmm. our audiences. It's something that maybe I didn't even intend it to be funny, but, you know. <laughs> if it, it works They that sort way. of know me now. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so um, it's kind of loose. It's very loose. It's not your typical uptight, I mean, what, what used to be con- considered uptight classical atmosphere, you know. You don't have to sit up straight when you listen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, that helps to bring it uh, closer and the experience, uh, making the experience a lot more personal in terms yeah. of really enjoying yourself and, and, and the conversation alongside with the music. Yes, yes. Now, so tell me I about tell your... So if I tell them that the piece has changed, it's, it's not a big deal. They'll understand why and they'll be happy for what we play for them. There you go. And to that extent, that was exactly the, the question that I was about to pose. Um, how have you seen the evolution of your audiences at the beginning and those who are participating at this time, if there has been a change in your opinion? Um, you know, I think from year to year it changes a little bit. But mm-hmm. when I first took over, I was told that um, the audience were somebody about 90 people. 
mm-hmm. per per concert, which is very small and very intimate, and that's fine. But I think when people go to the effort to to present such fine uh, performances, you want to have a full house. Right. So we have had occasions when we've had full houses. We've had occasions when you know maybe the weather was bad, um, or the you know people were away for the weekend, whatever. And we haven't had quite as full an audience. But what I'm seeing now is that people are bringing their young children, and that is the best for me. Damn. So I think the music school itself is doing a really good job in um, in providing great education, um, mm-hmm. wonderful teachers there, yes. and classes for, for people of all ages to take. And that, of course, we hope you know spills into people going to concerts on a regular basis. Indeed, and we have a minute left, so could you please share again, believe it or not, uh, could you please share again how to get in contact with you? Absolutely. Probably the best way to get a lot of information all at once is to go to our website, and that address is www.dcmf.org. And the name of the group is the Delaware Chamber Music Festival, and the phone number to reach us is 302-442-0572. Um, you can get all the information about the artists, and getting you can buy your tickets online too. Mm-hmm. So we try to make it as convenient for you as possible. Uh, there you go, and let's celebrate the 30th anniversary of the Delaware Chamber Music Festival. We've been talking to Barbara Govatos, music director for the Delaware Chamber Music Festival, celebrating 30 years, and you've been at the helm for 25. So that's that speaks right there of the connection with the audience and fantastic music that you normally play. So let's encourage those who are listening at this time to go ahead, uh, Barbara, the the website, so they can get in contact with you. DCMF.org. Fantastic. So thank you very much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to seeing everybody at the concert.